And Courtney, we're back with another guest. Yes, it has been a day of wonderful interviews and we have yet another. We have yet another and today's right now is Antonia Rubenstein. She's the director for redesign.org. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's great to be here. So can you tell us a little bit about about what you do and mm-hmm. what your organization does? Yeah. So Redesign is um, a design and consulting shop. We basically look at the student experience and spend, do tackle the problem from lots of different perspectives. So we sometimes create curriculum, sometimes assessment, sometimes a school model design, sometimes coaching of teachers and leaders. Mm-hmm. At the state or district level, it might be a program or a network initiative, um, developing performance assessment, anything that is going to try and help learners thrive in schools is essentially what we're interested in. That seems like a lot. I know. It's a lot. (laughs) But you know, schools are so interdependent. Like you really have to look at a lot to push in on the system and make something happen. So how does a school come to work with you? So it's um, fundamentally been word of mouth. People hear about our work, read about our work. Somebody says, oh, you should reach out to them. It's a very particular kind of client that finds us. Um, It's people who, whether you're a district level or school level, who are really, really trying to think about what is schooling from a student's eyes Mm -hmm. and experience, that it's very much organized around We have students who are not thriving. We really want to try and figure out what to do. Um, And so that's, they find us, you know, we have a blog, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, we have all of those media, but largely it's um, a lot of word of mouth. Are you based in a particular area? We're distributed. So we have a team in New York, we have people in DC, Detroit, we're in Boston. Oh, good. Um, I, I'm located in Boston with a few other members of the team, but we have, you know, somebody in Philadelphia and outstanding. Sort of, yeah. Yeah. So it's not just a regionally based thing. No, this it's is really not anyone. Yeah, it's anyone. Good to know. Yeah. Good to know. So, is there a particular um, set of? I'm looking at. I'm looking through your website as we're going here, and kind of. You have a lot to offer, which is really neat. So I see the Redesign Institute. I'm curious to hear about yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, so this is newly launched and very much in its infancy, and we're working to create sort of a set of short burst institutes that people could join that would be offered regionally Uh on really key high-impact practices. So there might be one on modeling and conferencing and working with kids based on specific needs that have been identified in the classroom. There's one on designing a competency-based system for leaders. Mm -hmm. There's one that we're developing on training coaches and instructional leaders to really support teachers in this work. Oh, wonderful. So, and we're sort of offering them in two ways. I'm like, what's that? I'm going to come to that one. Yeah, let's talk about when. So, we are just about to work through our 2018 calendar, and how about if I keep you posted? Yeah, keep us posted. Absolutely. So, these are things that people actually attend. Yes. It's not like a a web-based or asynchronous. Right. I mean, we're trying to do a two-tier, which is still we're still working it out. Sure. So sure, sure, the yeah. in-person two, two and a half days, and then what we want to offer after that is sort of six virtual sessions that people could join that are small groups where people could actually practice some of the stuff from the session. 
I think that is a beautiful... So it's not a drive-by. Right. That's a beautiful way to... Well, not only that, but it also models the type of yes. instruction we want yeah. people to be doing. Exactly. Yeah. So exactly. Hugely powerful. Yeah. So what are you most passionate about in, in personalized learning or in, in education in general? I think the thing that has gotten me very, very excited is the possibility, and we do not see it very much yet, but yeah. it is sort of aspirational, at least for me, the idea of getting rid of age-based cohorts and really beginning to think about, like, what if the curriculum was just available? Right. What if learning could just happen based on kids' interests, where they were, how slow or fast, what, they, what their path was going to be, and you could really just break out of... I feel like if there's anything constricting the system, it's age-based cohorts. Unless the age-based cohorts are just about, like, we want kids to hang out together who are about the same age. Right, which makes sense. They need right. some of that. But as, as the... But as a learning mechanism, yeah, it's no. ridiculous. Right. right. Sorry. Agreed. No, don't. No, we say it all the time. We say that, too. <laughs> so you, are you working with any schools or places right now that are trying to do that? Um, well, we do a lot of work in the alternative school system in New York City, which is all ungraded right. oh, by fantastic. age. And so we, we've we seen, you know, the classes are all 16 to 22-year-olds, yeah. all mixed in together, absolutely no issues. Yeah. And it's very much based on, like, what's happening in front of us is what you need now, right. not how old you are, not how much school you've right. missed or didn't miss. So we've, we actually have had many years of experience doing it at the high school level okay. um, and we have not but it's not yet I don't I mean, maybe you have more yeah. experience in this but we haven't seen it often outside of the alternative school movements um, I agree it's starting I, agree. I think a little bit yes, starting it's and starting. it's more outside the US than in the US yes but people still seem very attached to Oh, agreed. The eight-year-old brain, the yeah. nine-year-old brain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think also <laughs> yeah. rural schools. Yes, you, have to by you, default. Yes. So we have the case um, in my district where one of our schools is so small that we only have... Perfect. We have six grade levels. We have five teachers. Yeah. So it kind of forces right, that issue default. a little bit. Um, yeah. But But I do agree with you. And then, you know... In more in more suburban and urban areas, that is not something that happens typically. It's more of an yeah. intentional choice, right. you know, that a school is going to do the multi-age or whatever. Yeah. But um, but I don't know that they. It's because of actually, I don't know enough, so I'm not going to stop saying it. But yeah, yeah, so in the in the regular high schools that we've always been doing, we we do do some of this mm -hmm. math classes. I was a math teacher. Mm. So my Algebra 1 class, my Geometry yes. class. Whoever failed Algebra 10 times is still in there with the ninth graders. Well, they need it in a different way. But you're right. It's like yeah. it, just because you're ninth grade doesn't mean you're taking Algebra 1. Sometimes right. you're taking Algebra 2. Sometimes you're in Geometry. Sometimes you're in Calculus. It, it seems to be okay for math, but you never see it in mm -hmm. social studies. You never right. see it in English, no which is idiotic. Right. But we've always done this in math, and it's always been okay why is that any different than any other subject yeah. area, any other academics? Right, and, and why don't you have seventh graders who are really into algebra in your class? Like, why is it? That, there's that's no like reason, mind blowing right? when that does happen. Yeah. But why don't we have those seventh graders taking high school English classes? Right. What makes math so special? Yeah. I'm so we so already do these things. Yes. Yeah. 
but we don't think of it in that. Right. Oh, well, yeah. we don't think of it for It's everyone. an anomaly, though. It's not it, a that's, practice. That's right. more of it right there. It's just the way it is. Yeah. Yeah. When, when I asked yeah. the questions before, it was always, right. well, we've always done it that way. Right. Well, that didn't really help me at all. So what if we didn't do it that way? Right. You know, exactly. I like your what if, and, and this, yeah. if that's your big passion, we are fully on board in every way. Let's yeah. do it. Let's do this. Let's do it. Because when you talk about this, it's not really, oh, I, that would never work, because educators, like, well, of course kids move in different, different ways, different time frames. We all know that, yeah. but we restrict them. <laughs> well, we, we, do we? we do stop that? as soon as they enter the public school system. We say, no, that can't happen anymore. Right. That's true. right. Because yeah. any person who's been around an infant to age five-year-old knows you know, that everyone does develop at different stages, but we yeah. all get to the same places. So, yeah. Before we go... When you're talking to people and you're working with new clients or if you're going to give any sage advice to people out there who are kind of on this path, what would you say is the biggest do-do for personalized learning? So I think um, for me these days, it's really about what are the, what is the most robust and open-ended set of learning experiences you can create for the students so that, I mean, given that we are stuck in age-based cohorts for the most part and disciplines and, um, you know, particular kinds of ways, assessments, all those things in a lot of ways are right. kind of most of us navigating most of the time. Exactly, yeah. Then I would say, like, looking for these very rich, open-ended, and deep-thinking kinds of curriculum and experiences develop, um, that allow for students to really enter it in lots of different places, that allow them to explore nice. in lots of different ways, and potentially at least produce demonstrations of their learning in lots of different ways. Even if you're just one teacher in one classroom with no additional resources, you could do that. Right. Thank you so much for coming by to talk with us today. Thank you. Yeah. This